How's everyone doing? Can you all hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for coming. Thank you for allowing me to practice with all of you. Uh, I come here once a year. I wonder if <laughs> when I first came here, I was with my teacher. <clears throat> I think it was 1996 or 7, something like that. And we stayed at cottage number one. He did. I stayed at cottage number two. Um, and the first time I came back after that must have been 2016, maybe 14. During the pandemic, you know, I didn't come. My coming here, especially you know, staying at College One and this place, is very special for me. Um, for me, it's kind of like repaying gratitude to my teacher. by offering to all of you. So I very much appreciate all of you are here to provide this opportunity. Thank you. So um, before we begin, um, I would like to get to know all of you uh, a little bit. Your name, your practice, meaning your meditation practice, however way you construe that, and what method you use, how long you've been practicing this, what do you hope to get out of this weekend? Pass the mic around. So all of you unfortunate people sitting in the front row, <laughs> you get to go first. <laughs> and if you run out of time when we get to the back, then bless your heart. <laughs> Hello, um, my name is Mata. Um, I am uh, here seeing you, um, and my practice uh, is following the breath, um, silent illumination, and um, some very elementary going on practice. Um, and I'm hoping for this weekend to 
have a bit of my reset, have a bit of a reset to uh, more baseline, a lot of stress and a lot of um, uh, busyness and challenges recently. So uh, that's what I'm hoping. You went to receive the Bodhisattva precepts? No, I got sick and um, yeah, okay. I couldn't go. Okay. I didn't want to infect others. You know. If you, if you wish not to say anything, you can just pass the mic, by the way. My name is Sam. Uh, I'm here the third year, and I'm, it's, it's, it's so great to be, to see you again. And uh, I practice, I think that I practice like a silent illumination. I think it, yeah. what it is. And I got a one question from your book, but maybe for tomorrow. Okay. And it's very important to know about it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Which book? The Silent Illumination book? Yeah, about it. Yeah. Silent Illumination. Let's burn the book. Then <laughs> <laughs> the question is resolved. Good evening. My name is Zach. Uh, I've primarily been practicing with the Satipatthana lately. Um, open awareness. Just very open-minded to all sorts of practices. And um, I'm here, just curious uh, what will unfold, and I'm looking forward to discovering that. And so happy to be here with all of you, and thank you very much. My name is Dawn, and this is my third year coming, and I come to see Guagu because I'm in the online community. Um, my practice is following the breath and silent illumination. Prior to Chan, I was with a Zen Sangha. Um, my name is Aura. Um, I, uh, I guess I like to feel my body. Um, it's, and uh, I'm here because my heart needs some, some love. My name is Bruce, and good to see you again. And uh, I've been practicing for a while, but primarily uh, silent meditation. I did koan practice in the past, and um, just want to wake up and be alive. My name is Bonnie, and uh, it feels so good to be here again for the third time. I'm here to be with my body. I'm here to be with my breath. I'm here to be with this wild mind. <sighs> to be here. My name's Tom. <clears throat> uh, I practice as Shikantaza. I've been sitting since uh, 94, and I'm, uh, I'm really glad to be with the Sangha. It's been a couple of years, so it's nice to be here with you all, and you as well. I've been following you on what your talks, the Heart Sutra series, and uh, I did a, a weekend retreat with you last year online, so this is the first time, so it's nice to be here with you. Thank you, Tom. Hi, my name is Odds. I use she, her. 
Um, my daily practice has been very disrupted lately, but I've been really finding a lot of solace in walking meditation. And I am here to learn from you, who I've heard a lot about, and from all of you as well. Thank you. Hi, my name's Aaron. Um, uh, I have been practicing about 14 years, um, but I've been practicing Chan about five. My main practice is um, contemplation of sound. And um, I'm just really happy to be here. I've been kind of involved with Gogu's community um, a bit and I'm helping out. A, and it's just nice to be here and meet you and be able to practice with you. Congratulations. <clears throat> Receiving the Bodhisattva precepts. Good evening, uh, Magdalena. I started my practice a few months before pandemic. This is my first retreat, uh, so I'm very happy to be here. And my practice so far has been Satipatthana and mindfulness of breathing. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, hi, my name is Megan, and um, I've been practicing Chan for a couple years, silent illumination, and the breath, um, from, I started with the online course and then have been here. This is my second year. Prior to that, I uh, sp- studied for many years Vipassana. And right now, I'm just not too much expectation, just letting it unfold naturally. Thank you. Hi, my name is David. Uh, my practice is mainly a movement practice. Uh, it's not a particular tradition, but it's conscious embodiment um, and combines with functional movement. Uh, it's just a somatic practice. I work with a, a couple of different teachers. Um, I'm here this weekend for community and, um, uh, you know, just to experience ordinary life and to find the gems in or- ordinary life. So that's why I'm here. Good evening. My name is Paul. I sit Zazen with Morning Star Zen. Um, I just received my precepts. And um, I sit uh, silent meditation. And I am here to receive your teachings with an open heart and open mind. Uh, good evening. My name is Derek. Um, I, I did a Vipassana um, retreat about 25 years ago and uh, practiced. Uh, for some time and then life got in the way and, and I just picked up the practice again um, in the last year and, and I'm here trying to rebuild my practice, um, get back into the work. My name is Sarah and I have a couple of different practices, um, some variation of silent illumination, but then also um, primarily throughout the day just trying to watch my mind and be really alert to what's coming up and how it affects things, stuff like that. And I've been doing a bit too much of that, I think, lately, so I thought coming here I'd get back into a more grounded practice, uh, a little bit less in my mind. Good to see you, Zach. (laughs) Um, So happy to be here. Uh, That's all. Hello, I'm Cynthia. when you asked about what practice we've been exploring, I um, thought just showing up for daily life, <laughs> um, um, as well as you know, mindful movement, um, 
open awareness. And I'm not very familiar with your teaching. I live um, not too far from here and um, had space and time this weekend and was looking forward to just a chance to connect um, somewhat with others, but um, the opportunity to connect with myself. So thank you. Hi, my name is Paul, and um, uh, Vipassana is my practice. Um, and this is the second time I'm here with you. Thank you for coming. And um, I'm here really to kickstart my practice and to watch and see what happens. Hi, my name is Don. Um, I've been practicing probably a little over 10 years, mainly Satipatthana and sound. Uh, my practice has been more scattered lately, just with life. Um, I sat with you for a weekend probably five years ago, and I'm glad to be back and hopefully bring things back into uh, some centeredness and get my practice back on track. Thank you. Hi, I'm Regina. I don't have a formal practice, but I've been doing it for about seven or eight years. Lately, it's formalized by walking meditation, which my dog forces me to do once a day, and it's beautiful. But I want to practice more sitting meditation, and when I come here, it always resets me in a good way. And I'm lately um, concentrating on going slow. Um, I'm Ginger, and it's really good to be back. I was <clears throat> came to one of your retreats a couple of years ago. I missed last year. Um, my practice is crap, basically. Um, I've been trying to practice thoughtfully for probably 10 years, and it really ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm really on the beam, and for probably the last five months, I can't even see the beam. So I am here to, like a lot of others said, just sort of recharge, get, get sort of grounded again. And I usually need to be away from home for that to happen because um, life is chaotic. So if I come here, I'm like forced to do what is best for me, which is go inside. And I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you. Hi, my name is Richard. I have been studying for uh, many years now with a Vietnamese-born monk who's in the lineage of Thich Nhat Hanh and some of his teachers. And I have another foot in the Tibetan tradition where my practice as of late has been primarily Mahamudra meditation. Hi, my name is Dave. I've had the pleasure of um, being on Zoom sessions you've had at the Chan Center in London on two occasions at the Q&A. Uh, and I did that because I was getting more disillusioned with my former Vipassana practice and wanted something that felt more integrated with who I felt I was. And that led me to look at your master's books and your books and it was inspired 
because it led me to examine choices I'm currently making in my life and my approach to things that I'm encountering. And my practice is trying to figure out how to blend cushion and off the cushion with some sense of sanity and purpose. Hi, my name is Simon. Um, my, my background is mostly Vipassana meditation, and um, I've been um, uh, kind of blending that with non-dual and jhana, trying to you know, work towards jhanas more recently, and also experimenting with expanding awareness or Alexana technique uh, in, my, in my kind of off-cushion life. And um, yeah, I'm here to get grounded, to, um, to be part of the community, to... Um, also integrate a lot of change that happened in my life, uh, great change, um, um, and yeah, and just already feel very grateful for being surrounded by, by beauty and by kindness. Hi, my name is Sarah. Um, I have historically been a very inconsistent practitioner, but um, primarily Vipassana and Ashtanga Yoga. Um, I, this is also my first retreat. Um, I don't typically meditate, uh, with other people, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do some more of that. Um, I am here primarily in the interest of curiosity and, um, interested to see how my mind responds to this type of meditation and this type of environment. Um, I'm overall seeking to bring more value-aligned actions into my own life, and this is one way I'm seeking to do that. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. My name is Max. I've been practicing since about 2019. I started practicing in the Korean tradition with the quantum school of Zen, and uh, in about 2021, I found a home I feel comfortable with in the Zen Mountain Monastery, which is a Soto Rinzai uh, Zen type of, um, or school of practice. My main practice, my only practice, is following my breath. I concentrate on following my breath and, and really being aware of my body and, and of my sitting. In terms of my expectations for this weekend, um, don't know just a great sense of curiosity and of, of seeing what comes up during the sittings. Thank you. Hi, my name is Peter. I've been practicing for about 50 years. My practice is mostly Vipassana these days, uh, and I'm looking to see where my practice can go next. My name's Mary. Uh, my first retreat, my parents sent me when I was 16 because they were worried about me. <laughs> uh, it was a Catholic retreat center, and I imagine it helped a lot. I don't, I don't know, but I think my practice started about at 25. So at 25, I had kind of a dramatic experience, and I've spent a lot of years trying to understand that, beginning with Catholic teachers and my first Buddhist teacher who was Rodney Smith, and he taught, or what I remember him teaching, 
he may have taught a lot of other things, is beginning with emptiness and ending, ending with emptiness. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, my life is my practice. Hi, <clears throat> my name is Wes. Um, this is my first time at BCBS, first time meeting you. Um, I'm new to Chan, I, I don't know a lot about it. My, my practice, I guess, uh, six or seven years um, um, following the breath and open awareness. I do Taiji and Qigong daily. Um, I'm here to learn, thank you. My name is Rick, welcome back Wagu, so good to see you. Um, my practice is mostly Vipassana meditation. I can only um, spend this evening with you, um, but my intention is to touch into luminous mind as often as I can, particularly this weekend. Thank you for being here. Hi, my name is Val, and um, practice is metta and mindfulness of breathing. And I saw you, Guagu, uh, when you did a joint conference with Venerable Nalio during one of the um, retreat courses I was taking with him. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I feel very fortunate to be here this weekend. Um, my name is Peter. And uh, yeah, I haven't been here for a long time. I've been here a number of times before for retreats. And I've worked with a number of different meditation practices. For about the last 10 years, I've been very interested exploring the, the uh, cooperation of um, Qigong and meditation. Um, and for a while, I've been finding it very interesting and at times very fruitful to experiment in that work with the attitudes you, uh, you recommend in silent illumination, the, uh, cultivating those attitudes. What I'm hoping for is, um, is some renewal and strengthening of my meditation. Hi, my name is Kate. Um, I've been coming to BCBS and IMS for a long time. I think my practice uh, traditionally has been Vipassana, uh, but I find over the last couple of years I'm being pulled away from a more formal practice and uh, meditation on sound, movement, walking meditation just seem to be pulling me in more and more. And... Um, and I'm here this weekend for your teachings. I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> Many of you uh, practice silent illumination, or at least are exposed to it. I feel like I need to uh, say a little bit about Chan and uh, relationship to silent illumination, other Chan approaches to practice. 
uh, maybe a little bit about myself, uh, is, uh, how I met my teacher and so on. It's all tangled together. I was born in Taiwan. And in the mid-70s, mid I, I, met, I met a Buddhist ascetic. Uh, he sent me on the path of meditation, taught me how to sit. And of course, I was very young. I just want to sit to prison. <laughs> but my root teacher, is Master Shen Yan. When I came to the United States in 1980, and uh, I took a meditation class with him. And it was overnight. It was kind of like a one-day retreat. My mom was a Buddhist. So she, she brought me. And I was very captivated by this monk. I felt very connected to him. So he saw me growing up, <clears throat> met him when I was 10, saw me growing up over the years, uh, going through different crazy phases, teenage years. And uh, Started doing intensive retreat, 80, 87. Um, well, three, four times a year. Seven day, ten day. Uh, that was when I started college, 87. <clears throat> After college, I, and the method that I used was primarily working with the breath. And I was exposed to silent illumination then. So the breath method became a segue into silent illumination. In Chinese, it's mo zhao. You could say it is, for those of you who recognize this word, the simultaneous practice of shamatha vipassana, uh, calming insight. And uh, after college, I became his attendant monk. And that became my primary practice. So since Late 80s, late 80s, silent illumination that became a primary practice. And then uh, when I entered the monastery, it was, it was basically what I practiced. And uh, learning how to do that in sitting, off cushion, daily life. I hope doing this retreat, very short. Basically, it's just tomorrow. 
Sunday, it's just a few hours, you know. So we'll see how far we can get. <clears throat> Stayed in the monastery for about a decade, and uh, I left monasticism, still continue my practice. Uh, too much to go into why I left. <laughs> I've, I've, I've spoken about it on YouTube, different places. Uh, still continue with silent illumination. During the monastic years, I tried this other Chan practice. It's called Huato, critical phrase. It's a practice of wonderment, generating a sense of not knowing by meditating on a phrase. The point is not to understand the meaning of the phrase. The point is to use the phrase to sever discursive thinking, understanding, and um, cultivate a sense of wonderment, not knowing. So that's another very interesting approach to the simultaneous practice of shamatha vipassana. Silent illumination is more explicit, but the huato, critical phrase, which the Japanese call koans, uh, it's actually the simultaneous practice too. Right? By cultivating a sense of not knowing brings to an end to this discursive rumination. And at the same time, it would be impossible to enter into trance. So the mind is still yet vivid, potent, wakeful. And it's grounded in the fundamental existential question of which all koans, those crazy Zen stories, you know, sound of one hand clapping, you know, there's a dog head for the nature which no one really cares. <laughs> All those things. Basically, it's, it's pointing to, you know, this, this dog head for the nature, right? It's pointing to what is it? You can substitute it with life, with who, who am I? Some of these koans, they kind of come at it, this, what is it? From different stories, storyline, different scenario, but basically that's at the heart. Other sets of koans that enters the, the flip side of that. What remains? So what is it and what remains? It's like the, 
Shorter Discourse on Emptiness. That my friend, Analio, really, really likes. <laughs> He's written again and again on this, always falling back on that. The Buddha used the strategy of what is present, what is absent, to navigate different states. It's like, what is it? What remains? So I experimented with that, but my primary practice is silent illumination. And um, two thousand sixteen, my teacher told me. Oh, not two thousand sixteen. I'm sorry, two thousand six. Two thousand six. My teacher told me to um, uh, switch to formally to Huato practice, meditating on the critical phrase. I call it the practice of wonderment. So naturally, uh, I practice this other approach, Huato, critical phrase, koan, right? through my kind of decades of silent illumination. And uh, I developed an approach that integrate both. And that's where you're going to get this weekend. <laughs> that's what I'm coming around to. Uh, koan and Huato practice have its caveats. Sometimes a person can really get into the headspace. You know? And silent illumination also has its caveats. You can get into the space of just dead emptiness, you know, nothingness. Uh, what we call dwelling on the um, in a ghost cave. The Chinese are afraid of ghosts, <laughs> so they have this analogy of ghost dwelling in the ghost cave. You could take this as kind of haunted, haunted in this cave of nothingness, on the dark side of the mountain. So it's just dark. Uh, so that's silent illumination, caveat, you know, shortcoming. So the blending of the two. Uh, it's very important. Chan, precursor of Zen, come down to us through these, primarily these two approaches to practice. And the problem that, the problem with that is, um, the different lineages of Zen, Chan, became insular, 
you know, to their own approach. So it's important to have that foundation of silent illumination and also have uh, this ability to cultivate the kind of vivid wakefulness, you know, wonderment. It's not to say that silent illumination doesn't have that, doesn't have that approach. But in the way in which it's articulated over the centuries, it's not emphasized, leading to a kind of erroneous understanding and um, kind of lopsidedness practice. So that's the reason I'm joining, conjoining the two. Besides, my teacher received transmission from both lines, both approaches. So, except with him, on retreats, he either had silent illumination retreat or Huato retreat. So unfortunately, he, his Attendant, having <laughs> practiced both, started to blend the two. So, um, and in the writings of Hong Zhi, the person who articulated most clearly this practice of silent illumination, also spoke about this wakefulness, spoke about this investigation. But because of the kind of container especially in modern time, how this teaching is received and articulated, they just bypass that. Things that doesn't fit into the mode of the way that they've always learned it, uh, they just basically ignore it. So it's all there. So this retreat I've chosen a short excerpt from Hong Zhi's writing on silent illumination. And um, we'll work through that short excerpt. It sets out the principles and the path and the fruition. You know, articulate in poetic terms what is awakening, what is what is the function of wisdom and compassion? Um, I believe all of you have that text. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If you don't have it, uh, you can raise your hand or something. Okay, there's several people. So Susie is uh, bringing out the copies. <coughs> Do we have enough copies? So they were supposed to be given out uh, a checking. Okay. Okay, it's being passed. Yeah, please. Everyone.
Yeah. <clears throat> we don't have to worry about this text tonight. Yeah, tomorrow we'll dive in. And I want to conclude by saying that, you know, silent illumination in the, in the way that Hongzhi articulates it, this excerpt that you see. He's a, a very unique Chan master. He was a genius. Literary. So was, since he was a, a boy, he was able to memorize the five classics you know, in civil service examination that adults take to move up the ladder of success to become a literati. So what happens when a, when a genius becomes awakened is that they write a lot. <laughs> and um, they are able to use poetry to articulate in ways that um, that capture the spirit of this, this practice. It's not to say that he invented silent illumination. You can find sources of this practice articulated in distant cultures, different time, in the Pali canons. You know, practices like signless meditation, how many of you have heard signless meditation methods? One, some, some of you. Yeah. Uh, so there's scriptural evidence. It's just that he wrote a lot, and uh, he's articulating from the perspective of awakening and the function of wisdom in daily life through poetic imagery. So what I want to say is don't attach too much to the imagery. This is just some dude who is really good with words, <laughs> so articulating these beautiful poetic verses, and yeah. Uh, silent illumination, uh, you know, we speak of it as a method of practice. But it's really describing the essence and function of our minds, of your minds, of your wisdom. Uncluttered, 
free from containers. How your true nature manifests. So it's something that each of you have possess. Um, so we'll talk about the principles of silent illumination, and we'll get to practice it a little bit in different ways. because of our time constraint. This won't be a noble silence retreat. In the short time together with you, I hope that at least conceptually, you will be able to understand this practice and be able to learn to embody it. Right? So the silence part will be after after dinner, uh, the evening instructions, you go to bed. You can ask questions in the in the evening, you know, during the evening discourse. But when you go to bed, all the way to nine AM. So that would be the noble silence practice. I encourage you to observe noble silence, but it's not mandatory. Not mandatory. But I do want to say that the extent to which this is something really, really important the extent to which we identify grasp reify words and our ideas, ruminations, is devastatingly deep. such that this is all that we've ever known, labels. Even in meditation experiences, we like to put a container to that, a label for that, an understanding of it. So the significance of noble silence is not just not talking like some kind of rule. It's actually questioning, suspending, 
how we know how we experience. So itself is a practice. Is it possible to know, to experience without the filter of words and language? Is the gem. Most people can't distinguish their experience from what they think about the experience. So, for example, I'm holding this clock. What is it? It's a clock. <laughs> that totally kills this experience. That totally kills it. Clock is made up of non-clock. Who says it's a clock? Could be a head scratcher. <laughs> you know? A back scratcher. Who says a clock? There's so many ways of knowing this. But we can't distinguish it. So our conceptual overlay, it's a clock, it's mine, it's this, it's that. We can't distinguish. Most people can't distinguish their overlay with like what it, what it actually is. There's a conflation. This is something innocuous, it's just a mistake. But we do that constantly with every thing that we experience. You know? So all that we experience is just our own constructs, right? ruminations, our own overlay, proliferation of ideas. There's a beautiful word for that. Propancha. How many, how many of you know, do not know the word propancha? Okay. Propancha is such a beautiful word. Propancha means proliferation. But specifically, it refers to the overlay proliferation over what it is. And the Chinese translation is even more beautiful. It's xi lun, discursive games. (laughs) It's like the world, and we have our overlay the glasses. We put it on. We can't take it off. We can't distinguish. The glasses, it's all colored. You know? So we can't distinguish what we see, hear, touch, smell. Everything. It's got this overlay to it. So the point is just to 
noble silence, just to learn to suspend that. Take glasses, suspend it off. So we learn to stop talking with others because other people may want to practice. They may want some time to connect with themselves. But they feel impolite if you want to talk to them. You know, so they propel to, okay, respond. So, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> we first, the first layer is stop talking with others. You know. The second is stop talking to yourself. <laughs> Right? There's nothing wrong with talking. Nothing wrong with words and language. They help us to navigate. They are tools. But most people are just, uh, they become tools to the tools, you know? Um, so, the true significance of noble silence points to that which is inexpressible. It points to silent illumination. It points to the deathless, the signless, signlessness. Because, see, you know, don't talk to others, don't talk to yourself, and we can suspend and question the very constructs that we project, the construct itself, the symbology. This function of the mind, you know, the signifiers that we use. So, even though noble silence is just in the evening, all the way to the morning, in order to soak up the teaching of silent illumination, allow it to percolate within you. Focus on the junctures of experiencing. That's the key. The junctures. You could understand junctures as the eye faculty touch the sight. Eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Contact with sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought. What is that? That experiencing. Right? We can easily kill it by, oh, this is just X, Y, and Z, dead, dead. Or we can allow it to manifest, unfold. Sounds good? Yeah. If you have questions, of course, you should ask. 
use words and language and ask. Yes. It's all-inclusive, all yeah. But we can't meet other beings without the senses, can't we? Right? Yeah, yeah. All six senses, yeah. Junctures could be in the midst of cooking, relating to others, talking with others, receiving teachings, Going to parties. I don't usually go to parties, but <laughs> if you go to parties, you know, uh, loving another person. It is at the junctures that practice can unfold. Or Propancha just covers up everything. <laughs> you know, all kinds of problems that we create for ourselves. Especially the narratives that we have about ourselves. You know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm hurt. Yeah, we're so deeply, deeply entrenched in and invested in the words and language to which we identify. You know, that can't pour ourselves out. And we have great suffering because of that. So, the way to pour ourselves is at the junctures. We'll talk about that during the retreat. I plan to, uh, because our time is so limited, I plan to do some, some time, some periods, um, offer guided meditation, But some people may object. So I want to uh, ask if it's okay for me to lead guided meditation. Please raise your hand if you prefer silence. (laughs) We will have a balance. I'm not going to talk through all of that. Ruin your sitting. But if you if you're not used to it, please raise your hand. And if you're apprehensive about it, please raise your hand. Don't be shy. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm not against, I'm just, that's not something that I... Yeah. Okay. Experienced. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you feel this way? It's not something that you, you're not familiar with this, listening to guided meditation. Please raise your hand. Okay. Just one. You're out of luck. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Cartesian notion of body and mind is such that, you know, my mind is here in this shell. That's not the Buddhist understanding. You know? The Buddhist understanding is this tripartic experience. Sixth sense faculty. Sixth sense object. Ayya knows some body mind. Sai sound, smell, taste, thought, thought. Giving rise to corresponding six cognitive moments. Moment to moment to moment. That means you know, your sense of who you are, your experience, everything about you is psychosomatic, socially constructed. It's not just here. If it was really here, there would be no way for us to have contact. There would be no way for a mother to have an intuition of a daughter getting into a car accident or somewhere distant. There would be no way for that to happen. There would be no way for minds to meet. You know? So, the principle of guided meditation is such that when I bring myself to the state of silent illumination, and words come out from there, it will fill the room and our minds will meet. And you will experience That's actually the working logic behind that. You know? So, <clears throat> it's not the words in the guided meditation. It's our hearts, our minds coming together. Right? So that will expedite. I could let all of you just silent, just <laughs> struggle. <laughs> <coughs> One struggle. <laughs> wearing a shirt. <laughs> you know. Or give you a little taste of the chocolate now. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. So, so you can have an embodied experience of what I'm talking about.
Those of you who have done retreats will know the principle or conclusion. Make yourself feel comfortable if you're uncomfortable. Um, the principle of retreat practice. This is not quite a retreat practice. It's kind of a retreat workshop. <clears throat> but nevertheless, I'll tell you the principle. And uh, you can incorporate this. The secret is vacationing mind. <laughs> Vacation. In order to have an effective practice, the preciousness of this short period together, you need to have a vacation. What kind of vacation? Vacation from the past. Vacation from the future. Vacation from the environment. Vacation from words and language. Vacation from your body. You're, you're allowed to stay with your mind. <laughs> and by that I mean the method of silent illumination. Then you'll be able to go deep. So whatever you have experienced, You have to put it, put it in a garbage bag, and pick it up later, Sunday afternoon. Take it up. By that time, when you open the bag, some of the things you may not even want to pick up anymore. You know, but if there's something useful, then you pick it up. Have to commit to this. This is the key. Systematically, in this sequence. Buddhism talks about impermanence, right? All of us know. The flip side of this is new beginnings. At the working end of practice, impermanence, that's just a word, it's just a concept. At the working end of practice, The embodiment of this practice is new beginnings, freshness. That is the embodiment. So vacation from the past. Vacation from expectations in the future. Soon as you expose what you're grasping onto, either the past or the future. Expose it. In the exposing itself, you're already free from it. So, past, future, 
Remember the next one? Environment. We have to know what to expose. Right? Environment. People next to you, this person is making too much noise, that person is blah, blah, blah. This, I don't like, it's too cold, too warm, too... Put it down. Put it down. You know? Past, future, environment. And then? Body. 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 Body comes. This one. Fourth one is words and language. Words and language. Don't put so much trust in your perception of whatever you think you're seeing, experiencing, having, lacking, gaining, losing, wanting, needing. Could be, maybe not. Whatever container you try to put, box in, whatever you're experiencing, let it be porous, translucent, open. You could put a word on it. Maybe it's completely different. Words and language. Take a vacation from it. Except you have to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and then the body. Just the method. The method when you're sitting, it could be silent illumination, when you're moving about, it's just experiencing. Experiencing what is actually happening without the proliferation of overlay. Just, just the steps, the sight, the eating. That's the key, that's the secret. Then very quickly, you'll be able to enter into the mode of retreat practice. I will guide you. All that is just to say, present moment. I'm just unpacking it. You know five, six way, but basically, if, you, if I just say, stay in the present, that's almost like saying nothing, really. It doesn't really, it's, you can't get at it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way in, there's no inroads on it. So I laid it out. Past, future, exposing, environment. Proliferation, constructs, words, narratives, body, just method, which is freshness. And then, then it's a possibility that this freshness 
could be dropped. That is awakening. So from fragmented, scattered, to concentrated. Concentrated to unified. Unified to letting go. That's the secret. Okay? That's the principle of retreat practice. And daily life. But daily life is more complicated. Like, for example, in my, the other hat that I wear is researcher, historian. I deal with words and language all the time. Right? But they don't stick. They, I can use words and language in this moment. That's what I'm doing. Or whatever, meeting different circumstances. But the proliferation of that, not sucked into the vortex of words and language. Right. The same principles. Same principles. So this have to be able to um, be able to expose. Then we can embrace. And we can work with it. And then we can let go. You can't just say let go. That doesn't mean anything. You have to expose, embrace. Work with it, transform, and let go. Like that. Okay. Any questions? I've already said a lot, actually. So we'll unpack this. Yeah, Sarah. Small question. Yeah. Um, so the first four things, like, oh, I know, after future environment, words and language makes perfect sense to me. Well, with respect to embodied experience, mm. letting go of the body, a vacation from the body, can you just clarify what distinction you make in there? If I'm yeah. having embodied experience, yeah. but I'm taking a vacation from my body. Yeah. Please, thank you. You'll have to wait till tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to start there. We're not going to start by just vacation from the body. I'm going to focus on embodied experiencing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Embodied experience. You know, the first three. You know. okay. then embodied experience. And then slowly, hopefully, you're going to drop the body. Okay? Yeah. All right. So we'll go to bed. You can wash up. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Any other questions? Okay, we actually meet here, 6.30. I'm probably going to come here a little earlier. I'm going to be here probably 6. And I'm going to do some stretching exercises. You're welcome to join. We'll just do it here. And uh, exercises... Stretching will be part of the practice, like movement, inaction, embodied, 
and that will segue nicely into sitting. So it's kind of like a transition into sitting. Six thirty is wake up bell. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I don't want to deprive everyone of sleep. Seven o'clock. Oh, it's so late. Seven o'clock. Group sitting practice. Okay. I'll probably still be here six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Sleep. If if you want to sleep, sleep. Um, So I'm I'm probably going to still be here, doing some stretchings. If you want, I can teach you how to do the stretchings, and then uh, we'll sit. Yeah, those people who come here at seven, just quietly kind of come in and. And join the sitting. But if you can, you know, you can go outside, get some fresh air, stretch a little bit, and, and then and then join the sitting. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. Stretch a little bit. Stretch a little bit. Yeah. Here's how to stretch. Whenever we come out of meditation, we you know, move a little bit, circular motion, and we loosen the leg posture. Right? If your leg is uncomfortable, loosen it, and then we, we join our palms, and then we rub the palms together. Create heat. The first thing we do is place it over the eyes. Allow the warmth to come into the eyes, relaxing. Do it a couple of times. And then the whole face. And then with the knuckles, your knuckles of your thumb, massage the eye sockets. Circular motion, one direction, and then change direction. In the meantime, the mind is with the movements and sensations. Body and mind together. And then fingers massage the scalp. What I like to do is to put the four fingers here above the ears and just allow them to walk up. And then walk down, switch a different place. And then walk back up until the whole scalp. And then thumb at the base of the cranium, dig in the top of the neck, the base of the cranium. And then down the neck, rotate the neck. From here on out, this is an abbreviated version. From here on out, Muscle squeeze, joints rub. Muscle squeeze, joints rub. Right down the arm. (coughs) 
You can snap the finger. I, I put it between my index and middle finger. The other finger. Snap them. Relax. And then the chest. Massage in both directions, circular. Stomach, only one direction. Clockwise from your perspective, looking down. Sides of the rib cage, the back, on the sides of the spine, two sides of the spine, use your knuckles to circular motion to massage. Don't crisscross. Relax into the massage. And then the base, the lumbar area, your palms, rub, create heat, allow the heat to go in. This is where the kidneys are. And then one leg out, muscle squeeze, joints rub. Going down the calf, going down the calf, I like to use my forefingers on the bottom and the thumbs dig into the sides of the shin bone. There's, there's a line of acupuncture point on the outside of the shin bone. The ankles, rub. And then the other arm. Muscle squeeze, joints rub. And then extend out the legs. <clears throat> Just rotate the ankles. Both directions. It's important to massage at the end of the sitting, especially at night. Because in meditation, you know, all the pores are open, the energy is flowing, but you have blockages from old injuries, tension, spots. So the energy, the chi, actually stagnates in certain spots. So it's important to massage and release this. Right? It's important that we do self-massage ourselves, And then you'll be able to actually sleep better. Right? And tonight when you sleep, the practice is, I know it's a new environment for some of you, Strange bed, not familiar, mind maybe you know, thinking of this and that. The method is embodied experiencing softness. Softness of the bed. Just gently place your awareness on the softness, experiencing softness. Don't, don't count the breath, don't work on the breath. That would generate too much concentration. Right. The softness, the weight, the sense of weight. Like putting this in my palm, there's a sense of weight, right? Similarly, 
when you lie down, when you sit, there's a presence, there's a sense of weight, groundedness. So on the bed, try to experience that, the softness. Then you'll fall asleep right away. Okay? All right. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.